We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the DGD podcast. As always, Robert Rendell's Kobe Pierce. The 2024 opponents release happened last night, and there's a lot to take away from that. Uh, Georgia now will go to Alabama and go to Austin, Texas in 2024. Uh, that's just some no, uh, uh, notable marquee games. Uh, we'll talk more about the – yeah, say that five times fast. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking about the SEC opponents reveal. Uh, look at each team's opponents, uh, kind of see, right, like kind of weigh in on it. And did the SEC get it right? Uh, more on that right there. Obviously, day two today uh, of the Elite 11, but we're going to talk quickly on the uh, first night of the Elite 11. Uh, Kobe, first off, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, just a lovely Thursday afternoon here in Athens. Um you know, a different day for us than normal. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Absolutely. As you can see uh, in the chat here, if you're watching live, uh, Roods is in the building. First off, the fact that Roods is here is one thing, but Roods is on time. And that, folks, that is something you don't often see. So today's going to be a good day. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, J-O-double-G, uh, Roods, Tanil, and DGD Pat in the building. Uh, give a roll call for those who pop in from time to time, you know. Do with the thing. Uh, first off, as Ruth says here, uh, Texas versus Georgia, the barbecue bowl. Interesting. Um, first off, if you want to, Kobe, what, what are your thoughts on the schedule or the opponent release? Excuse me. Yeah, I think that uh, I think for us, you know, you kind of get screwed out of the Alabama game more than anything. I think that's what. If you asked, you know, if you polled 100 Georgia fans that knew that what they were talking about, they would tell you that the Alabama at Alabama on our schedule is probably one of those games that you kind of look at the SEC and go, why? Why are, why are we having to go back to Tuscaloosa after just having to go to Tuscaloosa in 2020? You know, it, it definitely was our turn to have, um, have them here. And then – it, it just is one of those things that I'm really excited we get to go to Texas. But I think it's hilarious that we're getting to go to Texas year one before we've been at Texas A&M 
who's been in the conference for coming on 12 years now. So, um, I, I mean, I like it. I like our schedule. I hate that, you know, like you're saying, two of the marquee matchups are away on the road. Um, and then it just it just kills because we've already signed up for Clemson, neutral side Atlanta. And then, of course, the big drama that all Georgia fans like the, to get into is, you know, we're playing Florida at a neutral site, and it counted as one of our home games. You know, it, it's, it's terrible the years it counts as home games. It's great the years it counts as away games. But it's really, really hard when you combine a schedule and you look at it and you say, you know, you play Clemson, Texas, and Alabama this year, and none of them are in Sanford Stadium. That's yep. See, I, I think it to me, right, before I get into more of Georgia's schedule, I just think that the flaws from la, or from the flaws from the eight uh eight game schedule were obvious before, but they weren't a hundred percent fixed last night because you'll never be able to fix an eight game schedule. You just won't. The fact that the fact uh, listen, I'm with you. I'm excited to see Georgia play in, in DKR. I'm not mad about that. But you also look at Alabama. Also, playing Alabama in the regular season, listen, that's going to be a marquee matchup. I think that right, like everybody knows that. But there are different things that were set up from the eight-game schedule. Like you said, A&M, we have yet to go to Kyle Field. Now, do understand this, folks. It is not Georgia that is trying to shy away from going to Kyle Field. It is the SEC scheduling these opponents and scheduling these, these schedules in general you, people, it, it's funny to listen to people say, "Oh, Georgia's scared to play play in Kyle Field." We have no say in that. <laughs> no say in that. You look at LSU. LSU hasn't been to Sanford since 2013. Bama since 2015. As uh, hashtag Pat Fact was there. Yet we're going to Tuscaloosa. It is what it is. But he, he kind of went there in 2020. Uh, you look at you know. Texas, listen, well, that's going to be a fun match. Yes, you weren't. You weren't. The problem I have is you weren't scheduled to go there in 2020 until COVID happened. And then they do the 10-game the SEC schedule, and all of a sudden, you know, you roll your, your dice and you're playing Alabama at Alabama. And so then you're punished that year because of COVID. And now when they expand, you know, take away the subconferences, you're, you find yourself right back there again. And it's kind of one of those things like, How's that happened to us twice? Well, I think you look at it. I mean, my my belief is that ESPN had some sort of say in this because you know that they need to put TV numbers out there. And when you take Georgia and you put them in DKR or you put them in Tuscaloosa, those are going to be dra- like dramatic, like significant numbers, substantial numbers, whatever you want to call it. I genuinely think that you're going to see some huge numbers for that, right? But you also look at you could be you know, the next time we lose a game. Maybe. I mean, I mean, you could be looking at Alabama in 2024 as like Georgia's on a 30 plus game win streak, which would be absolutely insane. Um, you know, my thoughts so with this, right? Like, if you're a if you're a season ticket holder as a Georgia fan, I feel like you got royally fucked this year for 24. I should say. Because you you get seven games, but which ones out of this season are 
you know, worthy of being a season ticket. You know, what is there any game on 23? Yeah, no, I'm showing you. Yes. So this year, if you're a season ticket holder, right, you've got more home games, but where the marquee home games. But then you go to 2024 if you're looking to renew and you have nothing like the flashes. Now, the all the end all be all is to me, you know, as a season ticket holder, you do kind of get some kind of help with going on away games, but it's limited. You get away games. Yeah. So you might see that situation, but at the same time, it's not in Sanford stadium, right? The hope is right. The hope is that in 2025, you get a lot of marquee matchups at home. Right. I mean, we'll pull up, we'll pull this up as well. And I think it's time for us to show the, uh, show the schedules and, or the opponents, I should say, show the opponents for each team. And I'll read them off for those listening on podcasts. So you have Alabama, their home slate is Auburn, Georgia, Missouri, and South Carolina, while going on the road to LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. First off, Alabama, that's a, that's a tough schedule. Sorry, that just says what it is. That's tough. Arkansas, you're looking at home slate of LSU, Old Miss, Tennessee, and Texas, while going on the road to Auburn, Mississippi State, Mizzou, and Texas A&M. Um, so that's Arkansas. Excuse me, Arkansas. Uh, Auburn, you go to uh, your your host in Arkansas, Oklahoma, A&M, and Vanderbilt, while going on the road to Tuscaloosa, going to Athens, Kentucky, and Missouri. Florida, you're looking at Florida. Well, I'll, I'll bring up Florida in just a second, but after after the schedule release or opponents. Florida, you're looking at Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, and AM at home while going on the road to or neutral site at Georgia and then Mississippi State, Tennessee, um, excuse me, Tennessee and Texas. Georgia, obviously, Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, and Tennessee are your home games. Alabama, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Texas on the road. A tough slate there on the road. Um, Kentucky, you're looking at Auburn, Georgia, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt at home while going on the road to Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Texas. LSU, you're hosting Alabama, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and Vanderbilt. Going on the road to Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina, and Texas A&M. Ole Miss going, uh, hosting Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Oklahoma while going on the road to Arkansas, Florida, LSU, and South Carolina. And then – uh, I'm going to just butt in for two quick seconds before I'm going to read the bottom row for everybody. But isn't it kind of interesting that Ole Miss, we're doing like a home and home with them this year and next year? And that just kind of odd. Kind of. I mean, one of their criteria was if you have a, a game against a SEC opponent for 2024 in 2023 and say Georgia – Say Georgia and Ole Miss in 23 as a home game, it cannot be another home game for Georgia and Ole Miss if it were to play, which is yeah. why you see us going to Ole Miss in 24. Just seems like, um, and not really Ole Miss, but especially Mississippi State, we pull Mississippi State a lot to play. I don't I don't get that either. Uh, that's something that I didn't get either. Like, it's just weird. Because we play but, them again in 24, right? Yeah, no, yo, they're on. We host them in twenty four. Yeah, yeah, we host so them. We, we played them in seventeen, nineteen, nineteen twenty. Yeah, yeah, we played them COVID as well, and then we played them last 2021. year. 
And yeah. they played them last year at Mississippi State, and then you're going to play them again in 2024. It's just to me, it just it's ironic that you see us play Mississippi State so much when we still have yet to play AM at Kyle Field. Like, I, I know we're hosting Mississippi well, State, but well, like you're talking about, you've played Mississippi State home, home, maybe home, maybe home three times in a way once, give or take. And you like, I feel like, you know, you haven't hosted LSU, you haven't hosted Alabama, you haven't. You've only hosted Texas A&M once. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, not only have we not been to Kyle Field, but pre-2019, we had never played them. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. I mean, and, and it's not just – we're just – as a Georgia podcast, we're just showing you the the situation within the Georgia, right, Georgia and Texas A&M situation. I'm sure there's multiple scenarios across the SEC. Kobe, we'll let you read the bottom half of the uh, opponent release. Yep. So Mississippi State, who we're kind of complaining about, they host Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, Texas A&M, and then they're on the road at Georgia, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Texas. And then we got Missouri. Missouri's home against Arkansas, Auburn, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, and then they're at Alabama, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Texas A&M. Then Oklahoma for their welcome to the SEC. They host Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. And then they're away for Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri. I think they got the sour end of the deal compared to Texas, in my opinion. And I think y'all all be able to kind of understand that when I read them in a minute. South Carolina hosts LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, Texas A&M. And then they go to Alabama, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Vanderbilt. Tennessee hosts Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State. And then they go to Arkansas, Georgia, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt. That's not an easy schedule either. Texas. So this is where I think Texas is a little bit more favorable um, than than Oklahoma. They host Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi State. And I get it. You, you're hosting the dogs. You know, Florida's no no pushover. Hopefully by 2024, they've kind of turned things around just a little bit. And Kentucky's a very physical team. We all know that. But a majority of the meat of your schedule there is in Texas. Then you go to Arkansas which I, I believe you could beat. You go to Texas A&M, which at this point, I think we all believe Jimbo will be looking for a job. You go to Vanderbilt, which is just basically an excuse for your big boosters to have a weekend in Nashville. And then you play at Oklahoma, and you're used to playing Oklahoma. And right now, after last year, obviously things can change in the next two years. But mm-hmm. I look at your trajectory as you should probably beat Oklahoma in that game too. So, yeah, that's I mean, also – keep in mind that's also a neutral site in Dallas. Yeah. So, so just I, I, I definitely think that, that Texas got a much more favorable year one schedule than Oklahoma did, um, even though Oklahoma does get to host Alabama too. So neither Texas nor Oklahoma really have to go to a big, bad, scary SEC school, except Oklahoma does have to play um, – at LSU, that that would be the only thing. Yeah, I think that's the key there, right? Going on the road, LSU is going to be – you know that's going to be a night game, and that place is going to be rocking. So, 
So we'll finish up. Texas A&M gets host Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Texas, and then they're on the road at Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina. Um, you know, if you're a Texas A&M fan, this is really where you're talking about, you know, what's that? Am I still going to have Jimbo? almost said Dabo. Am I still going to have Jimbo? What's it going to kind of look like? Because if I'm being honest, that's a pretty easy schedule for Texas A&M. I mean, that, that's the kind of schedule you could go like seven and one. In that's definitely season. favorable. That's definitely a favorable one. I mean, you host, again, you host Texas and you host LSU. Those are your two hardest games. You miss out on Alabama and you miss out on Georgia. So you, you, you miss out on two of the best teams, you know, and then you're at Florida, all depends. You're at Auburn, kind of, you know, to be determined. But, I mean, you should have no trouble with Mississippi State or South Carolina. And then last but not least, um, Vanderbilt, poor Vandy. They host Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. And then they're at Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, and Missouri. So I, I don't really is, know. I don't really know what that make of that one. Tennessee fans enjoy the fact that Vanderbilt is really, really good at baseball. Um, but other than that, know that yeah. they're, they're struggling to bring a lot of um, parity to the conference. But in my in my belief, I don't think every team in the conference should just be absolute world beaters. There's no point in a playoff at that point for me. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my thought with the eight, with the um, with the schedule, and I'll pose this for the for the chat as well. Tell us who you thought had the most favorable and who had the most difficult schedule. Because, and we'll start off with I'll start off with most difficult. Most difficult, I think, has to be uh, Oklahoma. Just has to be Oklahoma. Um, you know, you look at the look at the slate, right? Going going to LSU, hosting Alabama, right? They get they get. Let's just go back on it, right? Just for those that need it, you you host Alabama, you host Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, is going to be one of those that like can really cause some problems. But then you go to LSU, right? You look at Auburn, and Auburn isn't necessarily dangerous for what we think. But at the same time, Jordan Hare is crazy, and crazy things happen there. Uh, but then you go to Ole Miss in Missouri, uh, you know, kind of bringing back those old rivalries, which I want to talk a little bit about as well before I get to my most favorable. Like Missouri playing Oklahoma and Texas is – you're rekindling those rivalries. The same with Texas and Texas Senate. Uh, you know, the SEC, I think, did a good job uh, keeping rivalries, right? I, I think they did a really good job at that might I add, but also having the ability to rekindle the old rivalries. Um, that, that is, that is something that, you know, it, I, I think is going to be important, right? The SEC values the tradition. And so you get those rivalries to bring back the old ones, sustain the current ones, right? Like it would have been, you realize like how crazy it would have been had Georgia not been able to play Auburn in 24. It would have been weird. It would have been extremely weird. Um, so now you get Tennessee as well. You got Florida and you got Auburn. Uh, so nothing a lot, not a lot changes there. Uh, as Ruth says, "Hey, bud, may the dogs be with you." Talking to Star Wars dog in the chat, and then uh, ran here. Florida, Florida has a pretty tough schedule for everybody at home. I agree um, for twenty twenty four, especially. Pull it back up one more time. Let everybody see it one time. So they're, you know, obviously they're they're away games. I don't think are super, you know, like Texas and Tennessee are pretty tough. 
Mississippi State's a winnable game. Florida's obvious, or Georgia's obviously neutral site. Um, you know, having LSU is a tough game. Historically, we would tell you Kentucky's not a big deal for Florida, but that's really just not been the case lately. And then, um, if I remember right, 2024 is the year that they double dip in the state. No. They play no. Miami. They play Miami, Florida and State, Florida State, and UCF. It'll be a tough year for them. I mean, that so, Gus Malzahn got, makes UCF just like that much harder of a team, in my opinion. And then, you know, obviously we'll see if Miami's back to be in Miami. I mean, if they're the same mm. four and eight, five and seven, six and six. Either, Miami, so either way, I mean, name. So, so you look at the eight conference games, but then you pair it with on the road at Tuscaloosa, uh, not Tuscaloosa, but on the road at Tallahassee. And then you welcome Miami and UCF and Samford, Samford, not Stanford, Samford, as your 12 games. That's 11 Power 5 uh, programs on their roster in 20, or on their schedule in 2024. Uh, so when you pair that with their non-conference, that is that is a that's a freaking gauntlet. That's that's where you walk in, and obviously, um, you know, people on this podcast and people around will have mixed ideas. But if you, if Billy's still there. That's when you walk into the AD and you look at him and you go, what are we doing this year? Where, where are we? Who on earth decided that we're playing 11 Power 5 games when most people are only playing nine? You know, so. It's interesting. I mean, the good thing is, right, with this expanded playoff, though, and I think we'll kind of transition to this talk. Uh, but before we do, before we talk about the expanded playoffs and the and the opponents and everything, got to bring you our first sponsor, folks. That's Apotheos Roastery. Uh, best coffee you'll ever drink. At least it's my, in my opinion, it is. Uh, and it's not because they're sponsors, because the, the quality of that coffee is elite, folks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Apotheos Roastery located in Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, they have a recently opened uh, shop in Midtown Atlanta as well. Uh, you can find them around around the metro Atlanta area, Kennesaw area, obviously. Uh, also, in the meantime, while our countdown, our uh, Classic City countdown is ongoing, uh, make sure you take advantage of the discount code uh, DGD uh, when Spike Squad posts a countdown graphic or code COUNTDOWN to get 5% off. Uh, when we make our posts for the countdown graphics. Um, keep that in mind. Get you some coffee. Check out dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos to learn more about Apotheos and also shop their uh, selection as well. Uh, my favorite, the uh, Classic City Collective Dark Roast, excellent coffee. And also this uh, Classic City Collective um, bags of coffee and K-cups, 20% uh, of those proceeds go to the Classic City Collective. Uh, because Apatios is the Classic City Collective official coffee and cold brew partner. So make sure to check them out, dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apatheos. Kobe, we're talking about the expanded playoffs and obviously looking at the schedule release. There's a good chance that the SEC could have several contenders for these 12 spots and potentially maybe two losses. Uh, with the schedule, or not with the schedule, but right with the opponents list, what are your thoughts on the SEC's chances of, you know, is that going to impact, or how is the impact of going to be for the for the expanded playoffs? So, again, it's one of those things that we've talked about um, before here or there. I don't really remember the exact rules 
of the new expanded playoffs. For some reason, though, I want to remember that there's like a certain distinction, like we had talked about, that they're trying to limit um, yeah, numerous I think- teams from one conference. So, like, obviously, I think we'll have one of the top four teams in in college football, obviously, with whoever wins the SEC will be one of the top four seeds. And then odds are, roughly, the loser of the SEC championship will still get into the playoffs, which is, is the little bit of the interesting part. And then, like we've talked about, on a year like this year, um, where, like, Tennessee wins at South Carolina – do you see a team like Tennessee also getting in um, to the playoffs possibly? Which actually, I believe Tennessee, even with their loss to South Carolina, would have been a top 12 team. Still. Correct. Uh, they would have. Yep, um, absolutely. Just one of those things that that'll be very interesting because I think you can make the argument like we've talked about. If you're truly trying to put in the best 12 teams, the best ones, not the ones that – that, you know, got an automatic bid because they – whatever, but the best teams. I think you're going to see three to four SEC teams almost every year at that point. Yeah, I think – I'm with you. I think you look at – I think you look at at least the SEC champion. The SEC champions guaranteed a spot, obviously, said so it's at least one. But when you look at – when you look at the, the loser of the SEC championship game, right, that's – because there's no divisions in 2024 – that means the two best record-wise SEC programs. So there's no reason for that team not to be uh, left out. And then you look at arguably the third, the third best team that doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, playing in the SEC championship game. I think you look at that being in there, right? Considering the rules of the, at least the seeding-wise, uh, the expanded playoffs sounds to be the. The four or the the five power five conferences, group of five champ or group of five conference champion, and then six at large, with the seeding going to the four highest uh, conference champions. Four how uh, yeah four highest uh, power five conference champions, uh, and then right like it's just the way it breaks down that you'll see two at large teams be uh be SEC schools in my well, like like we're talking about. I mean, you just look at it this year. You had Georgia at what were we one at the time? I think we played LSU. LSU's five at the time. They wouldn't have been the team in the SEC championship this year. It would have been Tennessee at like eight, mm-hmm. and so yep. you played Tennessee. So that means LSU would have gotten the bye. Alabama would have gotten the bye. They were still a top like eight team. And then so Tennessee, you beat them. Say you beat them, they drop out. Obviously. Probably from eight, they probably drop out of twelve at a three-loss team. Very possible. Somehow you, you know, this is the theory that everybody wants to talk about. Say you rest. Say Georgia rests, or or gets upset, or whatever you want to call it. Say Tennessee wins, wins SEC. They're the four seed all of a sudden. Where the twelve and zero now twelve and one Bulldogs go? You gonna put them at like probably the five seed? I would say, you know. And then all of a sudden, you still have LSU and Alabama to deal with um, on the back end of that. It just will get old, I think. Um, and I may be the minority here, but if we've already played maybe Tennessee twice in a year or Alabama twice in a year or somebody like that, to have to play them a third time to possibly win a national championship, I just feel like 
people are going to get tired and bored of that. It's going to be the same old, same old eventually. Well, I think you're going to see that issue potentially arise in other conferences as well. It's not just the SEC there. Uh, no doubt. I think we see it. I think we see it, um, you know, in what is it, the Big Ten East? With That's the one with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Yeah, that's where I was going with it, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean I you might see it this year with the ACC because uh, Florida State and Clemson are set to go in the regular season. But there's also talks that it's a good chance that you see them back, you know, in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. But I, yeah. I think ultimately, I think what's going to happen is, right, like whether we like it or not, technically your best football games are going to be played in the conference champions, even if that means they play in the regular season. Right, like think about think about it in a sense of, say, if Alabama in twenty four, and, and obviously Alabama and, and Georgia play, but then what happens if they meet back in Atlanta? Right, I mean we've had it happen before. Because I mean twenty seventeen uh, Auburn was the same way, right? <coughs> Excuse me, twenty seventeen was a perfect season because we took the ass whip into Auburn, but then in the conference championship we beat the shit out of them. So things can change, but you're going to see multiple games of the same teams potentially, right? And that's that's arguably a flaw from a viewer's perspective. However, comma, if it comes down to a conference championship and you have the best two teams available, and if that just so happens to be the best two teams, I would much rather be confident saying that the best two teams played rather than the best team from one division got in and, you know, the other division just put in a subpar team. I love Big Ten last year. Yeah, I was about to say, it's going to help the Big Ten so much because, honestly, at that point, the Big Ten is going to be either Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. Every Almost every year. Watch out for Wisconsin. Watch out for Wisconsin. USC, UCLA will join in 2024 as well. Mm, This is true, too. But then all of a sudden, like you're talking about, you'll have – USC, UCLA kind of rolling in, maybe beating some people, upsetting some people. Um, I, I I just think, and I, I made this point probably like, I don't know, a month ago, talking with you on the show, is I just don't see a future for conference championship games on, on the path we're currently taking. I just don't see the point of a game that benefits teams that don't play in it. I mean, that, the, Kirby, I mean, Kirby's brought up the economics of this, right? Think about it. It's going to it's going to detract the loser of the conference championship game because it can impact your seating in a big way or knock you out. What you brought up with the Tennessee situation, if Tennessee plays in the SEC championship game and gets beat by, I don't know, same score, right? Same score, just for just keep it easy. If it's 27-13 again in the SEC championship game, how does that look for Tennessee? They could go from an eight down to a 12 or even out. They might not even make the playoffs, right? And the fact that you handled your business in the regular season for what it's worth to then get beat and get taken out of the playoffs entirely, that's going to cause a situation where programs are going to have to assess this. What's the end goal? The end goal is to make the playoffs. And it's like we're talking about hypotheticals, but you're going to have to – I think the you're going to have to see how the committee ranks losses and ranks head-to-heads because I think a lot of people's biggest problem was 
And maybe Tennessee was like, I don't remember what they were when when the SEC championship. Um, well, yeah, playing. I mean, I think it was. Well, I think it was seven better, or eight. Yeah, they had a better record than LSU. Beat the hell out of LSU head to head. And, and they LSU beat Bama. Right the head, and they beat Bama, and they were behind both of them. Yeah. Both of them with less losses than LSU and the tiebreaker over Alabama, and they were ranked lower. So I, I think I, I think moving away from divisions is going to be actually a good thing because you, you're always going to have pros and cons to this, right? If Tennessee beats LSU and beats Alabama, right, like they did last year, there's no reason. And listen, they lost to they lost to us in the regular season, right? Get the redemption in the conference championship. Listen, I, and Star Wars Dog says it can get tiresome in, uh, in reference to watching the same games over. I will say this to to that defense. In 2017, when we got blown out against Auburn, how pissed off were you? And the, and how pissed off were you knowing the fact that there may be that chance that you don't get redemption in that? But knowing that you could have the chance to go back and beat them in the same season to get redemption and get revenge, as a fan, I'm for that. And if that means – you know, say if they blew us out, but then we blew them out, right? So what does that mean overall, right? That means it was just two games that had two different outcomes, right? It's a rivalry game, you know? So it, it, you never know what repeating matchups could mean because if we're thinking about it, right, like if let's get out of the SEC for a second, look at the Big Ten. Look at the Big Ten. The top two teams in that conference for – for the past few years have been Michigan and Ohio State. They play the last week of the regular season. So you're telling me last two weeks of the regular season or last week of the regular season, a week later, you go and play again. So if Ohio State beats if Ohio State beats Michigan, right? And, and say it's close. For that to happen a week later, if 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 the stars align. I think you're going to look at Michigan fans being ready to go, saying, all right, listen, we, you got us the first time. We're going to get your ass back. Ohio State fans might start to question it, but then at the same time, we beat you once. We'll beat you again, right? This time we'll win the conference championship to do it. But the I question guess of, on that same – I guess on that same note, though, the 2017 team when we beat Auburn, it was great. It was awesome. It leapfrogged us into the playoffs. But we were done with Auburn. We didn't have to play Auburn again. In in this new playoff system, like you're saying, there's a legitimate chance that Ohio State may play Michigan week 12, 13, whatever week it is. Play. Play the very next week in the, in the Big Ten championship game. And then play again in the playoffs. I, at some point, like, if you're – you know, say you're Michigan or whatever, and and you win both games, and Ohio State sneaks in at like the 11 seed. You know, what if they you know catch fire, run through, and beat you in like the semifinals? Yeah, you're looking around, going, "What the hell are they doing here? We've beat them twice." See, I, I think Star Wars Dog brings up a good point and says, as a fan of said team, right? As a fan of said team, yes. But I don't know about the others watching, uh, other teams and other program fans may drive down college football interest. When I look at that, though, 
the the possibility of a of two teams playing three times in the regular season, right? Let's not even use Georgia and Auburn. We could do that, but I think let's just do let's do Georgia and Alabama. I think that's always going to be a fair possibility. Let's just say this. So 20, you know, say for instance, Georgia and Bama in 2024, they play in the regular season, say Georgia handles business, right? Say, say Alabama takes care of business, Georgia, and they meet up in Atlanta. Both teams are, I would assume, if they if they take care of business, are going to be playoff teams. So you're looking at the possibility automatically that they play in the the playoffs, right? Because they're both in. But you play in the conference championship. Say Alabama upsets Georgia for the SEC championship. Whatever. Then you look at say say Alabama's the two seed, or we'll say the one seed for the hell of it. Say they're the one seed. Georgia falls to maybe six seed, right? There were you know like six in the rankings. However, that seeding works is whatever. Georgia's better than most every team in the country anyway. So it's going to work itself in to the point where you might see a Bama and Georgia again for the third time. But the stakes of those games, the stakes of that third game in the playoffs, right, being that it was a one-and-one, it could arguably cause for more people to watch anyway because people are going to be invested in the playoffs in my, for the most part. You're going to have certain parts of the country out of it anyway. So they may not be invested into it anyway. But you're going to have the stakes raised, right? SEC championships are nice. But for a championship, for a national title, I think that matters wholeheartedly because it didn't impact it didn't impact the viewership from the SEC championship to the national title game when we played. Did that there was ridiculous numbers for that when Georgia and Bama played, right? I mean, they beat us in Atlanta and then we come around and beat them in Indy. Those were huge numbers for the TV market. So to that degree, to that point, you know, I, I think playing three times is going to be interesting. But I think if you're playing for the depending on where you're playing at in the playoffs, the numbers going to be ridiculous anyway. What are your thoughts? It, we'll just see. I'm, I'm kind of a Star Wars dog. Like, it has a chance, and with you, it has a chance to, to really drive up numbers. And again, like you're saying, what are the odds that you're going to see a team three times in a year? Um, Ran Rodriguez. In the NFL, teams can meet up three times and don't think it ever hurt their ratings. Uh, well, they play twice in the division anyway. Yeah. And, and I agree. I mean, I'm with him that, that obviously that, you know, it, it's looking like college football is taking a more NFL-style yeah. route to it. I guess my argument there, Ran, is that I would say for the most part you have a pretty strict um, divide between college football fans and NFL fans. I would say you don't have many avid fans of both. That you either really, really like how the NFL does it, or you really, really like how the college world does it, and and to start to blend the college world with the NFL, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll see. I guess nothing's ever permanent. Like just because yeah. the rules are set in place the way they are, I think the biggest problem I have is like the auto top four. I think I think if they if they'll remove the automatic bids for the top four. 
I'll be a lot happier with the way the 12-team playoff is going to be looking. I, I think that's an interesting thing. Before we get to our last question, I do want to bring up our second sponsor. Uh, that's Alumni Hall. Uh, licensed Nike, Cutter and Buck. Uh, if you see, well, when you see the polo, you know uh, Cutter and Buck polos are comfortable as hell. Um, located in Athens, Georgia, 10 minutes away from Sanford Stadium. Get all your apparel and accessories for game day at Alumni Hall uh, right now until June 18th. So only a couple more days. Uh, DGD Dad 23. Use that code at checkout when you go to dgdpodcast.com forward slash alumni hall. And shop, get your entire order 20% off of that order. Uh, only a couple more days. So take advantage of that while you can. That's dgdpodcast.com forward slash alumni hall. Go check them out. Learn more about Alumni Hall and shop there on our website. Uh, thank you, Alumni Hall, as well. Kobe, my last question that I want to bring up, and we talk about we talked about the expanded playoffs. We talk about this. We talk a lot of things, but I want to focus – and focus some energy on the not no divisions, right, for SEC. Because it's something that, you know, since 1992, we didn't really have. Like, or we've had divisions since 92. But now we're not having them anymore. What is it good business or bad business for, for teams in the SEC with no divisions? Now you're going to have the top two teams in the conference playing for your SEC championship game. What does that mean for teams like, you know, your Missouri's, your Arkansas, things like that? Is it good business or bad business for them? I mean, for your Missouri's and Arkansas's, I don't think it matters. I mean, besides the two years Missouri kind of had at the beginning of the conference when they came in, I think it was in like maybe 12 and 13 or 13 and 14, they played in back-to-back ones. Um you know, they just haven't really been relevant in the East race. And those years, they were only relevant in the East race because Mark Rick couldn't win a couple key games down the stretch because we beat Missouri. Um, I know at least one of those years, if not both. Um, a lot of things happened that season for them to sneak into the SEC championship. So I, I, I just guess for teams like that, you're really talking about how does it impact the SEC, like the top tier guys. Um, I, I think it makes it interesting because all of a sudden, the, the year like 2020, where Texas A&M's pissed because they're a one-loss team and they end up being the five seed, all of a sudden they get a second crack at the SEC championship, which would have been their first crack at the SEC championship too because they're a one they're nine and one or whatever. But they didn't – because Alabama's 10 and 0, Alabama gets the West bid and Florida was, what, seven and three at the time? I think so. Maybe? I think so. I think so. Eight and two, maybe they're eight and two. They're eight and two at that point, and then they lose to Alabama. So eight and three. So they're eight and two. So they already have an extra SC loss than Texas A&M does. I, I think those will be the interesting ones. Um, I would be interested to see, and and obviously, me and you may go back before the next show. I'd be interested to see how many SEC championships it would change over the years. Like how many SEC championship matchups would have been west on west because you know for a while there those the west dominance were like lsu auburn alabama well think i think 2000 was it 2011 2011 alabama lsu they played in the regular season it was a 9-6 game those are the two best teams for what it's worth 
in, in the whole country that season. So it was not ironic that they played the BCS title, but if they played in the SEC championship, you don't get that national championship. But that's the year. Is that the year that it took some help to get there for LSU? LSU, LSU won that game. LSU uh, won. Oh, oh, it took Alabama. Ohio State was um, banned from post, yeah. from post. Um, yeah, but it, before one. that, before that though, right? If if we hypothetically remove the divisions, I, if I'm not mistaken, they would play again in the SEC championship. So that would have taken away any chance of a BCS title. You see what I mean? Oh yeah, I agree. So it would have been interesting because, I mean, LSU and Alabama were arguably the two top programs. I don't think it was close that year. Like, there's just the amount of the amount of talent those teams had. Holy shit, it was insane. But you know what? What if that opens the door for you know for Georgia or right? Like a you know. Let's see, 20. I know it's I know it was BCS, right? So you only had two at the time. So that opened up the opportunity for right, that opened up the opportunity for another program to come in that was a, that would have been the three seed. But you know, at the same time, when you have the top two when you have the top two programs like that in an explain an expanded playoffs, I, I think you would have still had a good shot at seeing LSU and Bama in the expanded playoff championship, hypothetically. That's just that's just my take on it. I agree. So obviously, we'll, I'll do a couple quick ones, and then we'll get out of here. Obviously, it would have changed this past year. It would have been Georgia, Tennessee would have played for the SC championship, um, not LSU. Last year, I'm pretty sure it stayed exactly the same. It would have. Mm-hmm. 2020, like I said, it would have been Texas A and M, which would have been impressive for them. Um, 2019 would have stayed the same. It still would have been Georgia versus LSU. Yikes. 2018 would have still been Bama, LSU, Bama, Georgia. 2017 stays the same. Yep. 2016, Florida. Golly. The East was bad that year. Mm -hmm. It would have been – it would have been still Bama and Florida. So, so far it wouldn't have changed very much. Um, Florida, Bama again in 2015. 2014, Missouri, Bama, which is what it was. So, so what it sounds like is over time, it would things wouldn't have changed much. No, not mm-hmm. not much. I mean, for the most part, the games that happened would still happen. Like Auburn would have still played Missouri. We're all the way back in 2013, mm-hmm. 2012. It's still the Dogs and, uh, and Alabama. I mean. So it definitely it has the top of the the top of the East has had good enough parity over the past few years that really it would have stayed virtually the same. Basically, yeah. 2011 is the first time it changes again, which is what you're talking about. And even mm-hmm. then, I'm not a hundred percent sure because we were seven and one in conference, and so was Alabama. But we didn't play. We didn't have a head-to-head to go off of either, though, right? But LSU had beaten Alabama, so well, I, no, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, from a Georgia perspective, we didn't have a head-to-head with anybody. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying that you could argue, you know, theoretically that Alabama would have played in the game, but also I think you'd have had the same argument that you could have kept it the same. I mean, yeah, because you could because you could have had Georgia LSU at that point, considering they had played, the same conference record. The championship game. Yeah, and LSU took the head-to-head against Bama, so they may have put Georgia in, could have put Georgia in. 2010 is the first real big one. Um, You would have been – it was Auburn versus South Carolina, but it Mm. should have been Auburn versus LSU. Mm. That was was the year that – 2010 was was the year that – that was the year – well, that was the year Stephen Garcia and South Carolina took down Alabama. They were five and three. They were nine and – they were five and three in conference, and they won the, they won our side. Mm-hmm. We were th- we were three and five. That was the year we went six and seven. Yeah, shows you the difference between a Mark Rick led program and a Kirby Smart program. Florida, I just stayed the same. We're, in the, we're talking we're talking uh talking Philly dogs up here about NFL talk earlier. So really, um, for the most part, you really it wouldn't have changed that many. SC championships down the road. Obviously, you know, we're talking about just the way the seasons have ended previously. You know, obviously now we're going to have some tiebreakers to decide certain things. Oh. I think I think it's an interesting point, though, right? Because the, the divisions at the top, I don't think much changes, but there could, you know, like, and, and we'll wrap it up with this question here posed from Star Wars style. Uh, what is holding back Arkansas and can they get to the elite status in the near future? Well, first off, I think what's holding them back is one, they, they've just got to recruit better, more consistently. Um, you know, Pittman's doing the right thing, but it doesn't matter what you're, I mean, you could catch breaks, right? We saw Missouri get to the conference championship, right? Taking advantage of, you know, Georgia losing a game here, Florida losing a game there. Ultimately, now with no divisions, you have to just be better, right? Uh, looking at their schedule, right? You look at Arkansas' schedule, it, no, their schedule will never be easy. So you have to understand that, like, they have to recruit better, more consistently. So recruit, it starts with recruiting. You just got to be able to develop and play. I don't think Arkansas is an issue there. I just think with better talent, they can do better in the conference. Um, but I think a little bit of luck in a sense of you have to catch Georgia on somewhat of a down year. You have to catch Bama potentially. Like, or you pull it's, it's, a A&M schedule and you avoid both of them. You know, those are the years, too, that teams like that can have a really good year. That's why we're talking about Texas A&M that way. Yes. Yeah. You know, you miss both of us. I mean, you could argue, hell, you could argue Texas if they, even well, the, I say Texas, but then at the same time they do have to play Georgia, so things could shake out that way. But I mean, well, I, there's always going to be some luck as well thrown oh, in there. Sure. I think the big thing Pit Dog has to do over over at Arkansas still is get in defensive talent, develop defensive talent, and keep said defensive talent once developed. I mean, last year they were a really good football team. Their pass defense was one of the bottom five pass defenses in the country. They got torched over the top. I don't. Well, care we saw that in their bowl game, didn't we? We saw that happen in their bowl game. I, mean, I saw it happen to them all year. But I just yeah. guess at some point you have to be able to play defense first and then score. Like you just can't be on the Lane Kiffin mindset of we're going to score 40 to beat you every time. Mm-mm. Because sooner or later no. you run out of juice. Um, yeah. 
you know, and, and it's going to be tough. I mean, for for the lower end teams in the SEC, a lot of their ads and athletic departments are looking at the dollar signs that are coming in from all this, and they're going to enjoy those dollar signs. Um, you know, it's hard when there are established programs over you that that don't look like they're going away. I guess that's what we like to joke about, and I like to joke about. Like, in order for Georgia to be so good, in order for Alabama to be so good, other teams have to have really bad like records. Like, you can't all be seven and one in the SEC. That's not how it works. Like, if you have two juggernauts, and then you have Tennessee fly up the, you know, and then like Kentucky's kind of coming along. That's why you look at Florida fans and you go. I understand why you may go four and four in the SEC. I mean, who are you going to beat? It's tough. Um, you know, listen, so I think kind of answered your question. I think that's what's going to have to happen to a lot of teams, right? Like you got to get better in recruiting. Uh, that's the blueprint for everybody. It starts with recruiting, getting the right guys, whether it be through the portal, high school. I, I prefer the high school route like Kirby's doing. Um, listen, I, keep in mind, you don't have to – like your success isn't defined by a conference championship. All you got to do is sit there and, and get to the playoffs and anything could happen, right? Crazy shit's happened before. Now you've still, you got to have some luck, but you still got to be good. <laughs> so you can have a good team. Think about, think about an A&M team when they were fifth in the, I uh, remember when they finished fifth and they felt the, the Georgia treatment. You, you look at that right there, that gives them an opportunity to make the playoffs, right? I mean, in that season, they would have been in the playoffs and, you know, and, and who knows what could happen because that was a good team. That, that was a good AM team. So, you know, you just look at things like that. But well, I think also, that was what I think that's what a lot of people thought that Jimbo might have finally figured something out. Because I mean, not yeah. only was that a good team, but like Juan would tell you if he was here, that was in one of the hardest years the SEC's ever seen. That was a 10 conference schedule. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't beating up on Appalachian State. Did you see? I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to leave you all with that. Yep. Uh, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave you with a cool bit of, no, uh, bit of news. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, signed our boy Hot Rod. So Ooh, we'll leave you on NFL. that. I got NFL news. For any of you Hard Knocks watchers out there, Hard Knocks reportedly is looking into doing a second season with the Detroit Lions due to the fact of being turned down by five other teams that they've asked. I never get to I, – I never understood that shit. I never really did. Like, it's, I don't know. Either way. Uh, thanks, everyone, in the chat for tuning in and popping in and, and you know, conversing. Uh, if you – listen, make sure you smash that like button. It's free. It's, it takes half a second. Click of the buttons. Click like that right there. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Click just like that right there as well. Um, hopefully, hopefully, now we've got some clarification uh, with who we're playing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when we play them. Whenever the SEC decides to do their uh, schedule release during the season, uh, I think that's always fun, though, right? I love how the SEC markets that. Just you have your opponents release, you have your schedule release, all while getting viewers on the SEC network. It's fun. It's fun. With that being said, have a great day. Have a great weekend. We will see y'all next time. Go dogs. Go dogs.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.